There we go. Mm -hmm. So, so, well, as uh, Rebecca said, um, my name is Daniel. This is my wife Amelia. We have a little one-year-old in city kids right now. Um, by the way, what a lovely church. You guys are so awesome. Uh, you know, just like Becca was mentioning, I was in their youth group uh, back, I won't, we won't say how long ago, just a couple years ago. <laughs> it feels that way sometimes. Um, and so I've known them for a long time. Um, Pastor Ben and Becca, they were super instrumental in my life. Um, I would not be who I am today without them. Uh, I actually interned under them uh, right out of high school uh, for a full year. Um, it was the most, probably the most instrumental year of my life of God just working out some of those just destiny and calling things in your life, in my life. Um, and I've always said that uh, Pastor Ben was probably outside of my dad, uh, the most influential person in my life. And so for me, um, it's very humbling and honoring to be at City Bible Church Baltimore. Uh, ha, it's a little emotional because I absolutely love this family. I love this church. Though I'm not here, I feel like I'm here because they're a part of our lives. Um, they did my wife and I's pre-marriage counseling um, out when they were out in Portland, Oregon. I went to Bible college, uh, same place my mentor Ben Malman went. And so um, they really were instrumental in our life. And I just want to encourage you, you guys have great pastors. Um, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, and so I, I just absolutely love them. Thank you guys so much for having us. Um, I, I think there's obviously a theme today. Um, as I was praying, I really felt like the Lord gave me a word for today. And it seems like there's a, a vein. Uh, Pastor Rebecca here, she basically preached my message. So so we're going to go, we're going to pack up and leave now. No, But um, um, you know, my wife and I, we one of the things we absolutely believe is we believe that every person has a story. And the mess, uh, if you're taking notes, the, the um, message title today is Story. Um, and she said it about five times in her testimony. Because I believe that every single one of us has a story to tell. Um, I believe individually we have a story. I believe that the city of Baltimore has a story. And sometimes I think, um, unfortunately, we let other people dictate our story, right? And, you know... I know sometimes the news likes to cast Baltimore as a city of what? There's kind of been a lot of news right now recently, right? But what I know is that today, on Sunday morning, there are hundreds of churches mm -hmm. in the city of Baltimore lifting up Jesus, saying, you know what, we're going to be the standard bearer for our city. Yeah. And though there might be some, some foolishness going on here, there, everywhere... We're going to stand up and we're going to say that God is bigger than every circumstance, every situation, everything that, that everyone has said we are. We're going to raise up a standard and we're going to believe that God's going to bring a radical revival to Baltimore, right? And so I absolutely believe that not only do we individually have a story, but I believe Baltimore, the city of Baltimore is going to have a story. And God's going to begin to even do something here, hopefully today in us to begin to believe and declare some things about our city and about what God's done in our life. Is that is that okay this morning? So there, there's a scripture uh, that kind of want to 
hang out with. Uh, it's out of the book of Revelation. It's the 12th chapter. And it's verse 11. And this is what it says. It says, They overcame him. The him is the enemy. Uh, the great dragon. They said, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Who knows that without the blood of Jesus, uh, I mean, that's a pretty super important thing, right? He died for us. He died for our sins. That's why we're here. We just took communion representing the His body and His blood. And they, they said that they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And I want to camp out just a little bit on the word of their testimony. Um, you know, it's one of those things... Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's The word of your testimony is something that there is power in your testimony. There, you know, it says there in Revelation, the writer is talking about, we understand the blood of the lamb, that there's power, power in the resurrection of Jesus, right? But I think sometimes we lose the idea that there's power in our testimony. Mm -hmm. The fact that your, your testimony, no matter what it is, um, whether you're a Christ follower yet or not a Christ follower, you have a story, right? All of us have a story. You have a story of where you were born. You have a story of how you got into your career. You have a story in how you got into your neighborhood. We all have a story, right? And so I'm going to give a story this morning about my wife and I's journey and kind of, kind of part of our testimony of what God's been doing in our life over the last probably six or seven years. And hopefully I'm going to talk about how that story has affected other people. Is that okay? So uh, as you, we kind of got the end of the story, we have a one-year-old. Um, but let's rewind about six and a half years ago. About six and a half years ago, my wife and I, we had been married a few years. And we had said, you know what? We're going to have kids now. It's kind of that time, that season of life. So we're going to uh, try to start having kids. And so what we thought is A plus B equals C. It'd be very simple, right? So the first month, the second month third month, fourth month, fifth month, sixth month. I won't continue because it'd be a long time. So after about a year, we were going, okay, this hasn't happened. We understand conceptually how you have kids. And so we, we went to a doctor and began to go through a process. And there was some medical stuff that needed to be, uh, be fixed with me. Um, long story short, I had a small tumor right here on my pituitary gland. They say it's like right here. Um, so they said, yeah, it'll be simple fix. Um, you know, take this pill, you'll be better. That was what, about a year in? And then, okay, good, we're, we're good. Month 13, 14, 15. Long story short, five years, we still haven't had a baby. Well, I don't know about you. Maybe some of you m- might have gone through this. Some of you might be in this. I- I'm not sure. But I can tell you every single month that anticipation of hoping this is the month. And then all of a sudden it's not the month. It was it was taxing. It was taxing mentally. It was taxing uh, on, on us relationally. Just because it's kind of like it's something that we wanted. Does that make sense? And so all of a sudden we were at a place where... We didn't know what to do. There, you had some people saying, hey, you need to go adopt. You had some people saying you need to go uh, to uh, like uh, in vitro fertilization. And we were confused. We were saying, we don't have any idea what, what to do. And so we actually went to some of our pastors and uh, we went and said, hey, what do we do? And we went 
And I think my wife would tell you, we wanted them to tell us what to do. We were expecting them to say, you need to adopt or you need to go this. And Pastor Eric, he, he said something. He said, what, what do you have peace about? And I said, what do you mean? Well, do you have peace about adopting? He said, not, not yet. We may adopt someday, but we didn't have peace then. Do you have peace about the in vitro? Not yet. We just don't have peace. He said, you have to follow peace. If you follow the peace which the Holy Spirit gives you, you will find your answer. And so we left that meeting. We were pulling out driveway and we both were like, not exactly what we were looking for, but but it brought a peace to, to say, you know what? It's, it's a good reminder that uh, that our, our Heavenly Father is the giver and the grantor of peace. And so... Long story short, what was it, about four months later, um, completely not expecting it, because after about 63 months of every month it not happening, uh, by the grace of God, we got pregnant, and we have a little 13-month-old now, and so we are super excited about, about that, and so we said, yeah, I'm sure it'll take us a while to get pregnant again. Ten months in, we're having another baby, so my wife is now pregnant again, so... So, so I say, well, what's the purpose of that story? Uh, yay, ending, we have a baby, we're having another baby. But through the process, um, after the process, we had our son. All of a sudden, there was a young lady in our church. Her name was Amy. And Amy started to go through the same process. They were trying for about a year. They didn't, couldn't have a baby. Um, all of a sudden, she's texting my wife probably ten times a day saying, hey, what about this? And all of a sudden my wife has become this confidant to her and praying with her and saying, well, this is kind of what we did and this is kind of just encouraging her to have faith, believe God. And she ended up going to the the same doctor we went to because we believe that doctors aren't evil. They are there and God gives them a gift. And long story short, doctor found there was a problem. She actually ended up having a tumor, a cancerous tumor. They were able to remove the first month after that, she ended up having a baby. Uh, no, not the first month. She got pregnant. Yeah, she. Yeah, I know. Miraculous. No, uh, she got pregnant the first month, um, and she's actually due. Yeah, in two weeks, we're waiting on the the text anytime. And uh, she got up and she gave her testimony in church about a month ago, and all of a sudden. There were dozens of women in our church that start telling her, thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Thank you so much for sharing what God did in your life. I'm going through the same thing. And all of a sudden, we saw that it was such a great opportunity. And I kind of took a step back and I said, you know what, Amelia? I think it's pretty cool that we went through something. You were able to, to minister to a young lady who was able to give a testimony in dozens of women saying, hey, will you just pray for us? We're going through the same thing. We're, we've gone through this, that, or the other. It's really kind of giving me a, a good perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's part of our story. And one of the things that the Bible never promises us is that our story will be without struggle. Right? right? Yeah. Um, if you look through the scripture, some of the greatest men and some of the greatest women went through stuff. Um, you've got uh, the great story of Daniel in the lion's den. I love the story because it's my name. 
Um, who, who wants to be thrown in a lion's den? I know I don't. Um, you know, he went through something. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the third chapter of Daniel. Um, you know, they went through something. They were threatened their life if they uh, wouldn't bow down to a false idol. They didn't. They were thrown into a fire. I'm just glad they're not throwing us in fire, right? I don't know about you. That I don't like hot. <laughs> Throw me in a freezer, maybe. Not, not a fire. But um, I really want to encourage us as a church, as as believers, you know, wherever you're at in your journey with Christ, to understand that your testimony has power. You know, in that that scripture in Revelation where they said. Uh, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I don't think it's a coincidence. I absolutely believe that the blood of the lamb, there's enough power to overcome the enemy in the blood of the lamb, right? Yeah. We know that Christ, you know, he conquered death on the cross. He rose again. But I think it's important to understand that our testimony has power. Our testimony, what God has done in your life, has power uh, to affect people. You know, he, I, we were praying this morning about your neighborhood, I believe your testimony can have power in your neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, we were When we were gathering prayer, I can't remember your name, I'm sorry, Justin, he was talking about how he just had a burden for his neighborhood. And I believe that you said, maybe you haven't gone through the same things they've gone through, but I believe you've got something in your life, your testimony of what God's done in your life, you can affect your neighborhood. Yeah. And I believe that each one of us has something in us that can ignite a change in those around us. All of us have different groups of influence. Some of us uh, live in neighborhoods where, where, where we can be the agents of change. Some of us have workplaces. Some of us have families where we can stand up and say, we're going to make a difference. And the testimony that you have um, can, can make a difference. Um, what I hope is that this morning, this message is a message of hope, not of a burden. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, just like even Pastor Rebecca was saying, um, you know, she was talking about having a boldness. I believe God wants to give some of us in here this morning a boldness to be able to share what God's done in your life. See, what what I know is that God wants to use each one of us in a real and tangible way. And you know what? Here's the thing. It doesn't look the same for each person. You know, some of us, like me, I love getting in front of people. I love like speaking like this. This is fun to me. Some of you would say, I, not in a million years would I ever get up in front of a group of people. One of the things I found interesting is there was a survey done one time, and people were more afraid of public speaking than they were of dying, which means that in a funeral, they'd prefer to be in the casket than the one actually presenting the the, the funeral, right? So some of you may say, well, you know, I don't want to do that type of change. But all of us are able to pick up trash like we're, like tomorrow in that. Or to just invite people or say, hey, I'm pr- just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Or maybe you're not at the place where you want to live that out loud yet. I'd encourage you, take your prayer journal, begin to pray for your neighbors. Because what I know is that we serve a God who's able to make change and is able to answer our prayers. The Bible says, the uh, fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's good old old school King James there. But basically what that means is prayer changes stuff. When you begin to pray, when you begin to believe God, 
things begin to happen uh, in the spirit realm and it begin to happen uh, in our life. And one of the things I absolutely love about the core values here at City Bible Church of Baltimore is, I, I think, connect, grow, but the third one is to share. And it's not just to share this way, but it's shared this way in our community, uh, praying for those that are lost, going out into our communities, just doing service projects, just uh, doing whatever whatever we can that the community needs. Does, it, does that make sense this morning? Yeah. What I know and what I believe is that God's deposited in you things that are meant to be cultivated in other people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God wants to speak to each one of you to affect those that are around you. And I think some of you might say, you know what? I'm not sure I want that. Anyone ever been that way? I, I know I have. I'll be honest. There have been times I've been like, God, I don't think I want that. But what I do believe is that God wants to give us each a boldness and a zeal to begin to to share with others. Um, you know, the words, I love the word story because stories surround us everywhere we are. Um, whether or not you know it or not, every marketer, every person who does any type of marketing, whether it's a 30-second spot in, on television or a 15-second jingle on the radio, what they want to do is they want to present a story to the consumer, right? Um, what we know is every single uh, marketer has a story they want you to, and most of the time, what is that story? They want you to buy stuff. Right? Um, when you watch a, a, a commercial with Matthew McConaughey, uh, looking at, I think, is it Cadillac or Lincoln? Okay, they didn't do a good job. Huh? But, I'm just not there yet, I guess. But he's trying to tell a story so that you buy his cars. Or you buy the cars that he gets paid to, 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 uh, to uh, uh, present. But Starbucks, what's their story? They want you to buy everything, right? They want you to buy coffee and muffins, and they want you to come hang out. They give you free Wi-Fi. Every coffee shop—that's their goal. They want—they want to be community-based. They want to—they um, want you to buy stuff. Um, the story, uh, the power of the story. There's three things I found in stories. Um, there's three things. One, stories bring understanding. Yeah. You know, if I were to just tell you, um, yeah, this is a coffee. You know, we can get Folgers or Maxwell House. We can get coffee from anywhere, right? But Starbucks, there's a story behind it. They want you to go in. They, you got the nice couches, at least the ones in Richmond. I don't know about Baltimore. There's nice couches. We hang out. We meet. We have Wi-Fi. Do work there. There's tables and donuts, old-fashioned glazed donut. It's amazing. Um, but they bring understanding to, to a product. The second is they give you a perspective. They give you a perspective that maybe you've never seen before. Um, you know, it, um, as an example, anyone here sports fans? The Cleveland Cavaliers, they just won the NBA championship. But if I were to say, yeah, Cleveland just won the NBA championship, oh, that's cool. But the perspective behind their whole story is that the city of Cleveland hasn't had a championship in like 110 years. And they were so close. And LeBron jaded the city by leaving. And then he came back to be the hero. And... Like there's a story behind it and all of a sudden it brings a different perspective to the power of that championship. The stories enhance and, and help bring credibility to, to the process. 
And the third thing of the power of the story is persuasion. Stories are persuasive. In movies, they tell a story, right? Because they want to persuade you in a certain direction. Um, Nicholas Sparks movies. I don't know if anyone's ever watched a Nicholas Sparks movie. But you're persuaded to cry through the whole thing. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's like... Okay, I go in, I already know someone's going to die, and then there's going to be like a good part, and then you're going to work my heart out my chest. And there's a persuasion that they're, they're bringing in the story that brings an emotional uh, fulfillment or sometimes not fulfillment. And so uh, the power of stories is there's persuasion behind the story. You know, we're surrounded by, like I said, we're pers- uh, surrounded by stories everywhere we go. Uh, stories bring things that... Uh, that you don't understand. They bring understanding. They bring, um, they bring a perspective. Um, you know, another, some of you may be sports fans, may not. And when ESPN, there's a series called 30 for 30. Um, I can tell you, I've watched too many of those to, to be happy uh, about. Uh, but they tell a story and all of a sudden, the way they tell the story, I get hooked. I know all about the Buffalo Bills and how they lost four championships in a row. I don't care about the Buffalo Bills, but I got sucked into this story. And about 90 minutes in, I'm like, wow, I can't believe Buffalo. They went to four straight Super Bowls, and they went through this whole process. Um, the University of Southern California, uh, they talked about their run in, in football. And, man, all of a sudden, 35 minutes in, they were telling a story, and I'm just like, hooked on the story. Anyone ever been hooked on something where you didn't care about it, but it was like the story was so good and they were given such a... Right? Am I the only one? Maybe I'm strange. But there's a, there's an aspect of stories that bring you in and hook you. And I would encourage you that each one of you has a story like that. And the story goes something like this. Once I was lost, but then I found Jesus and now I'm found. And that story, you may be new in your faith, you may be uh, been a Christian for six, 70, 80 years. I don't think it matters. I think that God has done something and put something in each one of us right. that can bring that hook for those that need Jesus. Because what I know is there are hundreds and thousands, and uh, I have no idea how big Baltimore is, but probably millions? Is it over a million? Almost. Yeah, almost a million. Okay, so there's hundreds of thousands of people that need Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you've only known a little bit of Jesus, you've got more than others have. That's right. Does, That's does that make sense? Yeah. And there's a power in your story that can be effective uh, to reach those that, that, that need to be uh, reached. Mm-hmm. And so just like Pastor Rebecca was talking about, and this was, like I said, she basically stole my message uh, in a good way. I, I believe that, obviously God, I believe, had a theme today. Um, is that there's power in your testimony and power in being led by what God would, would have for you this this morning. Um, just like she, she talked about, um, who's going to share if you don't? Yeah. And be, be led by, by, the, by the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I believe, and I even wrote down, is I, I believe that God wants to use each one of you to further His work yeah. in Baltimore. Because yeah. I believe that a radical love will bring radical relationships yeah. 
to see radical revival. Because what, what it is is the love of people and when you love others and you love them and you want to see the best for them, all of a sudden that brings relationship with them. And when you be, begin to build relationships uh, and, and you begin to, to encourage them in the things of God, that's when a revival comes to a city. Is when love is poured out and relationships are built and revival is brought to the city. Some of you may say, well, you know, who around me do I have to share with? Um, family, friends, your neighborhood, um, anybody you have influence with. Even if you don't have influence yet, anyone you come in contact with, even as uh, Pastor Rebecca was even talking about, um, you can be praying and the Lord can give you a, a name. Mm-hmm. The Lord can give you a, 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 a person. Uh, I'll give a testimony in my life. There was a, a guy, his name was uh, Thaxton. I've never heard that name before until I met him. And I began to work with him at, at a Shoney's. Do you guys have Shoney's here? The, uh, no, no. It's a, it's like so good southern food. Well, my wife wouldn't say good southern food. It's southern food. Um, I worked at Shoney's and I, I met this guy named Thaxton. And I'll be completely honest with you. Um, probably not my favorite person the first time I met him. Um, probably had something to do with... There was a girl that I kind of liked, and he kind of made, made his way, started dating her, and I was like, that scoundrel. But it was okay. It wasn't her, so I'm, I'm good. But all of a sudden, um, I really believe the Lord gave me a burden for him. And I, in prayer one day, I, I, I was praying, and I said, you know what, Lord? He's not going to go to hell. I'm gonna win, I'm gonna love him to Jesus. And so, I worked with him for 10 months, and then I was leaving that job, and I went to Applebee's to be a server, it was all through college, and so I said, man, how am I gonna keep it? I said, Daxon, you need to come work at Applebee's. I said, okay. So I got him a job at Applebee's, and literally, this is the way it went. And all of a sudden, I just began to talk to him about the things of God. Um, he knew that I didn't do a lot of the foolishness he was doing. And uh, so we'd hang out, and all of a sudden, he started to see things in his life weren't going this way. They were kind of going that way. And he saw that things in my life were on the upward, because I, I believe that there's uh, you know, good stuff happens when you walk with Christ. And so um, so I, I said, hey, Jackson, why don't you come to church? He said, am I going to burst into flames or something? No, just come on. So he comes to church, and you know, very similar to this, our, our church was very casual, you know, you know, casual dress. Well, he had never been to a casual church. He shows up full suit, and he, he looks at me. I'm in, I was in shorts and a, a collared shirt, and he goes, "Am I overdressed?" I said, "No, you're fine." And so he took the suit coat off, took the tie off, and said, well, "I don't want to be that guy." I said, "No, you're fine." And so he came. He had a great time. And at the end of the service, he says, "He goes." Uh, you think it'd be okay if I come back next week? I said, absolutely. And so he began to come. He had not given his life to the Lord, but he knew that there was something there for him. Long story short, uh, after a few months of him coming to church, um, he said, you know what, I, I need what you have. And I led him to Christ. And um, today, he's super involved in his church. He's married, he has two kids. 
He's a Christ follower. He's a small group. Uh, he leads like the uh, greeting ministry at his church. And I don't say that because, hey, I'm great. I say that because I believe that there's people in your life that God will give you a burden for. Because what I knew is that my today, one of my best friends, he was in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. So that guy who I was like, eh, I'm not so sure about, the Lord gave me a burden for him. And today he's a Christ follower. And there's others in my life that I'm believing God for um, that I haven't necessarily seen the fruit of. But I believe that God wants to give you people and give you influence and those that are around you. Is that okay? Could I get the keyboard guy up? I really believe that God wants to, even today, uh, begin to just bring a zeal and and, um, maybe even speak to you and give you a, a passion for somebody that's around you. And I believe that God's willing and able, even as Pastor Rebecca was saying, just being directed by his, by, by just a quick, go for a walk. And how many you met with two or three people right there on one simple walk and bringing, bringing there. So, uh, so we're just going to, uh, if you want prayer this morning, uh, one of the things that I believe is maybe there, there's people even here this morning who's never accepted Jesus. Maybe you say, you know what, this concept of a story, I don't even have a story about who Jesus is yet. What I'm here to tell you is that Jesus wants to be uh, the ruler and savior of your life. He died on the cross for each one of us. And if that's if you've never accepted Jesus, today is the day to accept him. Because I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. So if you've ne- never accepted Jesus, or maybe you feel you're far away from him, Maybe it's something you've, you haven't connected with him in quite some time. Maybe you accept him at a young age, but you've been disconnected. If that's you today, he wants to meet with you exactly where you're at. And if there's anyone here that, that you know, obviously we, we already prayed for those that want zeal. If that's something else you want, you know, we can pray with you. There will be some leaders here. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a closing prayer. I'm going to pray. And if you're far from Jesus... Pray something similar to this just right at your seat. Is that okay? So if you'd close your eyes, bow your head. Lord, thank you for being here today. And Lord, if if I felt far away or if I've never accepted you, Lord, I just ask that you would come into my life. That you would become the the ruler and my savior. And Lord, I just ask that you would begin to forgive my sins. That you would just take away the the sins and you forgive my sins and just ask you to, to come into my life. I acknowledge who Jesus is, that he died on the cross and that he rose again for me. In Jesus' name. And for every person here who feels a burden for the lost or maybe uh, feels like they need a zeal, Lord, I pray that you would just touch even right now. Lord, I pray that you'd begin to, to give a, a a name or, or, or a group of people uh, for people to begin to, to grab hold of and to, to, to hold on to, to begin to believe that God's going to make a difference in this city, that the story of Baltimore will not be dictated by the newscast or dictated by the, by, by the news, but uh, Baltimore will be dictated by believers standing up, believing for radical revival in the city. And Lord, we just ask even right now that you would just come and bring a, a, a zeal for those that are lost. In Jesus' name, amen.
So if you want prayer this morning, there's be some leaders here to pray. And otherwise, thank you so much for allowing us to come share. We really appreciate it. We love this church. We love your pastors. We believe in uh, what, what you're doing here. Thank you.